and welcome to this Gascast Scout Report episode for Saturday's FA Cup game against Walsall at the Bank Stadium. I'm your host, Kaz, and I'm pleased to say I'm joined by Rob from Vital Walsall. Welcome, Rob. How are you doing? Yeah, not bad. Looking forward to Saturday. <laughs> good, good. Me too, kind of. <laughs> uh, this fixture would have been a huge one for Gasheads to attend, as we would have welcomed the opposition of much-loved ex-Rovers boss Daryl Clark, as well as promotion heroes Stuart Sinclair and James Clark. We had previously lost to Warsaw this season already in the EFL Trophy. It was a two-all draw in 90 minutes, but Daryl Clark's side came out victorious in the penalty shootout. This FA Cup fixture is arguably more competitive, and I'm certain Daryl Clark will want to continue to prove himself against his former club who let him go. So, Rob, it's been a steady start for Warsaw. 12th in the table, not bad, not great. Is this what you've been expecting from Daryl Clark's side prior to the season starting? Not really. Um, So last season when he came in, we had a huge rebuild. And I I think the fans, myself included, kind of, we all know what he managed to do at Rovers and the back-to-back promotions. And, you know, we've got a new chairman in as well. So it was sort of a seat like last summer, sorry, the summer before was like a big kind of, yeah, great. Actually, no, it was last summer. Jeez, COVID. Um, (laughs) It, so we were, we were expectant last season and then things didn't work out the way we wanted. But this season we kept pretty much the core of the squad, four or five changes, and we started in the first couple of games and we looked good. Um, and we've played some really good stuff at times, but we've just, we've got so many draws in games that we could have won. But then we've also picked up draws in games that, by rights, we should have lost. Again, I mean, there was a game against Forest Green where we had two shots. One we scored and the other was blocked within a couple of feet of the of our striker shooting. And um, Forest Green had 27 shots and we drew 1-1. And you think, wow, we've really done well there. Um, mm-hmm. Clark was very open in the fact that we'd committed robbery um, <laughs> in post-match uh, interview. So I think I think it's fair. It's a fair. Um, we we are where we should be, but it could have been a lot easier for us to be a lot higher up. Um, yeah, that's my sort of summary yeah. thing so far. It's um it's a bit dangerous, isn't it, when when fans get carried away in pre-season. I think we're the same. We had such an impressive transfer window that everyone sort of thought, hang on, you know, promotions on the cards here, and then as soon as you lose a couple, it can turn very toxic very quick. Um, so yeah, it's interesting to know that you guys are, are feeling quite ambitious um, under Daryl. What I found with Daryl at Rovers was that he struggled to find a start at eleven for a while. Um, would you say this is the same for you guys? D- does he have a set formation? What, what is your normal form- formation? Um, <laughs> there isn't one. Uh, I think last season you could see he was really trying to find his side, and he was trying to get his side to play his way. Um, we stuck to a four-two-three-one towards the end of last season, and our form improved massively. Um, we had a, a really good run um, at this sort of February, March time. He stuck with that throughout pre- uh, pre-season, and we thought, "Wow, he's, we're going to be playing this week in, week out." This is Daryl's formation, and it's been a most popular one. But that doesn't mean that we play it all the time. Um, he, as all Rovers fans will know, 
he changes it a lot during the game. He'll change it weeks or game to game. Um, I think he would like to have stayed 4-2-3-1 more often, but we've, we've lost um, Josh Gordon, who is a striker, but he's also been playing out on the right and he's been quite effective off the right. And he's out until we think around the new year. Um, so the formation changed when he got injured because we don't have anyone that I think Daryl thought would be sort of a right winger in a 4-2-3-1, but we have in a 4-4-2. Um, but I think, I think the 4-2-3-1 is, is his preferred with a backup of 4-4-2, but it's Daryl Clark, so it changes. Yeah, exactly. You never know. It was the same for us. I mean, it'd get to like two o'clock, we just won 3 0 or something. So you go, oh, I've got to be the same team. Pops yeah. up five changes to start at eleven. What? Yeah. <laughs> that is Daryl Lowry. He does take it does take his time to, to settle into a start at eleven. With with how quick the games are coming as well, there's there's been rotation needed. But actually there's been games where we thought, oh, he's going to be, he's going to make four or five changes and he's made one. And you're like, hang on, is this the same Daryl Clark that we've had previous year? So he kind of, he surprises fans by not making changes, but then he surprises fans when he does make changes. Yeah. Daryl doesn't frustrate me often. I mean, I absolutely love the bloke, but if there's one thing I have to say, it would be his inconsistency with the start at 11 and the formations. Um, Yeah. So, like you said earlier, your, your recent results, there are quite a few one-all draws there. Yeah. Um, and there aren't many games where you failed to score at least one goal. Um, are you quite confident in your attack? Can you see yourself scoring on Saturday? We... One of the biggest criticisms of the team, this isn't a criticism of Daryl, but of the team is that we don't score enough. We sort of... will create some really good chances and we will only score one. And that was the thing earlier in the season that we were actually putting our chances away and we thought, brilliant, we're on it now. Um, Elijah Adebayo, who's been sort of leading the line, obviously, and with, with Josh Gordon absent, he's, he only needs one chance. He scores a really good goal um, against who we were playing. So at Mansfield last week, there we go. I completely forgot. Yeah, he scored uh, on his left foot. He's naturally right-footed. Um, in the box, he sort of, if it comes to him and he's in the box, he's improved a lot in his game. He will shoot first time. He's got the confidence to put his foot through it and give the, the keeper no chance. But he's he's doing well at his sort of all-round hold-up play which at times means that he's holding the ball up and not in the box to be the one scoring. Um, But I think our attack has improved compared to last season. Our goals have have gone up a lot, but we, we could do better. We could do a lot better. And there's been games where we've drawn one, one and we could have been two, three up before and kind of out of sight. 
Yeah, I mean, ours is the same. Um, we look like we can score every single game, but the moment we do score, that's it then. And we don't look hungry to score a second. And if anything, we then go and concede one straight after we've scored, which is the most frustrating thing about Rovers' this season. Um, so it's interesting that you're sort of on the same level as that. It's like, yes, you might score, but one yeah. is, is the minimum. <laughs> uh, one thing that is the, the overriding thing of the season is that after every game... Bar, bar Tuesday because we kept a clean sheet but we write or I write or the fans tweet about the fact that we're making a mistake every game there's been some absolute howlers um, there's been clearances that have barely made it out of the box that then the opposition score from there's been back passes that have gone to a striker who's then through one on one there's there's times where players have just lost their runners and they're all they're all individual errors and you can look back at the games and go that was an individual error they scored that was that was that was there's rarely been times that we've been really like carved open um, and conceded because the other team have outplayed us and um, we did have a run of giving away four penalties in three games as well recently and you think we lost to Cambridge 2-0, who were second in the league, and there were two penalties. And apart from that, they didn't really have many shots at goal, and it's just frustrating. Mm. So I think yeah. we look like we can score, but we also look like we'll give away a goal. Yeah, well, that, yeah, that, uh, that leads me on to my next question, which you've pretty much answered. Um, I was going to say, is your defence a worry? And it does sound like, yeah, they could be. Um, and the thing is about penalties as well. We've got Brandon Hanlon, who is a, a bit of a tricky player up front, and he does look for penalties. I've seen it now. More that I've seen him play, the more I could see him going down like a sack of spuds in the box. So <laughs> I would watch out for Brandon Hanlon trying to win a penalty on Saturday. Um, yeah. But hey. Yeah, I think at times we don't go down enough mm. um, and I don't know whether I don't know what what Rovers were like under Clark but I find that there's a lot of games that I watch and especially now it's on iFollow you sort of you're watching more of the play because you're sat and it's a screen in front of you that that we there's so many times that the opposition will go down that we I say we give away cheap free kicks the opposition win cheap free kicks mm. but we don't and I don't know whether that's a Clark thing of of us trying to be strong and holding up and trying to be physical I, I don't know I, I don't know if that's or whether it's just the players need to learn a bit of sort of street wiseness yeah, I do wonder if, like, you know, when they go down in the box, it's like, do you not have any confidence that you can go on and score? Which is a, it's yeah. a bit of a worry, I think. Um, I would much prefer Hanlon had the confidence to shoot rather than just keep trying to go down all the time. Yeah. Um, but it does sound like Saturday for uh, all you betting people out there that it will be a good one to put on yeah, both teams to score. <laughs> Nailed on. Yeah. Watch it be nil-nil now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. If it is, it'll be an action-packed nil-nil. <laughs> yeah. Uh, two missed penalties or something. Yeah. Um, so you've mentioned your striker, um, Elijah Adebayo, did you say? Yeah. Um, so would you say he's a bit of a threat then? And are there any other players that you would consider to be a threat for us? Yeah, so it's it's an odd one because he looks... He, the team go through spells. Um, I'd say our most consistent threats have been Rory Holden, who we had on loan last season. He did okay. 
and then towards the end of the season hit a really good run of form. And Walsall fans can turn on players, as all fan bases can. But they went from disliking him to calling for him to be signed permanently, which I think for a 19-year-old, 20-year-old is brilliant to turn a fan base like that. And now he's he's been brilliant. Fans are already saying that he could be our like, sort of player of the season or that he's going to be in the mix for it. Um, and he plays either out wide on the right or um, in a number 10 role behind the striker. But he's he's very good if he's given a bit of time on the ball. Um, Adebayo, again, has started last season, didn't really go down well with the fans, but then found a really good run of form. And it, it's a shame because he was, I think he'd got a goal a game in the last sort of three or four games before lockdown. And we were kind of excited to see what he could do and what how far he could go um, in that run. But he's picked up where he left off. I think... The games that we've not looked threatening, he's been shut out of the game and he's had to drift wide to get the ball or he's had to drop deeper. If he's in the box and the ball's coming into him, he will. He, he's pretty good at hitting the target and mm. trying to take the chances. The one disappointment, but then he could always unlock a team is Wes McDonald, who plays on the left wing. He at times was carrying our team last season in terms of going forward. He was our creative spark. This season, he's not hit that form, but there's moments where you can see he just beats his man and suddenly he's putting a ball in the box. So although he's not being consistent, he's got it there in his locker and you kind of, you feel that any game now he's going to have a really good game. So I'm hoping it's on Saturday. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah yeah well like like you said um with is it Holden you said the first guy yeah. I was really impressed with um if he can play as like a false 10 and sort of break down the defense I think our defense has been a little bit shaky um so he could certainly take advantage of that um and then with Adebayo Adebayo um, sorry he, I pronounced it wrong foot, yeah he's six foot four quick and He's got he's got good feet for a guy that tall. He's not you sort of you look at him and you'd go target man. Mm. He's he's much better when it when it's at his feet and he can sort of run on it. It's yeah, he's he's definitely grown as a player. I certainly think you'll get those chances, and um, we seem to be giving teams chances at the moment. Um, they're sort of sometimes going through our defence like a knife through butter. So uh, thank God we've got one of the best keepers in League One is Olase because he, he can pull off some absolute worldy saves. Um, so, yeah. He's, ho- he's going to have to as well. Yeah, <laughs> well, we're going to be relying on Jacola, it sounds like then. Um, so how is Captain James Clark doing? Um, a promotion hero for us. Um, no qualms for Bristol Rovers fans about him. Um, wish him all the best. Um, he's been absent for the last two games, though, I did notice. Yeah, he... He will be out injured. Um, I think he's still a week or two away from coming back. And even if he might have, might not be injured, the defence has, has been solid since he's left the team. And I think you can't bring him back in for what is going to be a big game. Um, he might make an appearance on the bench, but I'm guessing, again, Rovers fans will know that Clark doesn't really give much about injuries and how long people are going to be off for and and that sort of thing. So 
I wouldn't expect to see James Clark, but he he divides fans because he does have a mistake in him. But then there are games that he partners so well with the other centre-back, Dan Scar, that they look really good. And I think it's frustrating because we know that he can, on his day, be a really solid defender. Um, and he's shown that. But then he's also shown that maybe his better years might be behind him. Big statement. Big statement. Not as in like, oh, he's, he should retire. But as in, <laughs> yeah. as in he he's losing a little bit of pace. Mm. And I think if you make a mistake and you're a couple of years younger and you're quicker to get back yeah. and cover it, he doesn't have that anymore. Yeah. Uh, perhaps League Two is probably his level. Um, I, I think so. Two. I think so. I think he'd be struggling at League One. Oh. Well, let's talk about the other one then, which we must mention, Stuart yeah. Sinclair. Um, fellow GasCast team member Tommy Metz would be furious if we didn't talk about the love of his life, uh, Stuart Sinclair. Um, from what I remember, he was always a bit of a workhorse. Um, yeah. The quality wasn't necessarily there, but he would always put a shift in. It was 110% every single game. And he is such a lovely guy. I mean, we had him on the yeah. pods not long ago, and he, he was just the nicest guy. Great, great listen. Um, I can imagine he's great to have in the dressing room as well. Uh, what are your guys' opinion of him? We We... We love him because he's got a massive beard and you can't <laughs> not like him for his appearance. He, yeah. You look at him and you think, what, is, what, what have we signed? And then you hear him talk and he, he, talks like, he talks like a pundit, but he looks like just a, a bloke from the pub. <laughs> yeah, and, nailed on. Yeah, I mean, we, we knew, we kind of knew that he'd, signed for us once we got Daryl Clark. Um, and I've got to admit, the, the Walsall um, media team did a good job. They put a, a, um, a gif of uh, hot fuzz with great big bushy beard. I remember that. That was very good. Everyone was like, well, I wonder who we're signing. <laughs> he, early on last season, he was effectively Clark on the pitch. He was running around, he was making tackles. And like you said, the quality wasn't there, but fans like the effort. And I think we'd had a couple of seasons of players who seem to have downed tools. That's one of the reasons why Luke Lee, he wasn't favoured. It seemed that he gave up in games. Whereas Sinclair just does not stop. You could be 3-0 down and he will not stop trying. Which yeah. you want. Yeah. Difficult to think that he's actually like 33 as well. He's not, he's not a young player, but he's, he's got a proper engine on him. Yeah. And he's not featured much this season. And I think I, I look at our team and our sentiments. We've got Danny Guthrie, who has got immense quality in League Two. His passing and his set pieces are fantastic. And his ability to, to kind of move the ball forward is brilliant. We've then got a younger version of him, or at least someone that we're trying to um, grow as a player. He's 19, Alfie Bates, might even be 20. He's young. Um, <laughs> but then on the other side, we've got Kinsella, who does what Sinclair does, but 
he's in his mid twenties. So he's kind of got the youth on his side more than Sinclair. He can play week in, week out. And I've, however much I love Sinclair, Kinsella's just a bit of a better version. Yeah, yeah. There as a backup that if he comes on, no one's going, why are we playing him? Yeah, I do wonder if Sinclair would be at the level that he is in League Two if, if he wasn't really pally with Daryl Clark, to be honest. Um, I, I God, don't God love him. Know, I don't know whether he will be here come the end of the season, as in whether he'll stay a Walsall player after his contract's up. Yeah, um, yeah. He's definitely a player who suits Daryl Clark's character. Um, yeah. I like, I, but yeah, I, like you said, age isn't really on his side, and, and he probably has had his, his best years. I'd love, love him to say in the coaching side of things. So I'd mm-hmm. absolutely love him to say at the club. Um, and even if even if he moved into a player coach role, I I wouldn't mind that. But I just I think as a player going into sort of the financial times that we are in, he's mm-hmm. the sort of player that you go, I like you, but we could be getting someone that's younger that we can develop for mm-hmm. you come and maybe have the resale value yeah let, let's not underestimate the the value of, of a good character in the dressing room um yeah. at, at a club and and daryl is a good testament for that as well i mean i don't know how you feel but i felt so blessed having someone like daryl clark managing my football team um he's been the only manager in history who has been able to calm me down after a heavy 4-0 defeat <laughs> just, just just by listening to his post-match interview um i was so gutted when he left um although it was the right thing to do he will always have a special place in our hearts after the two promotions back to back do you get the same vibe from him as a boss at he, if we get promoted under him he will go down as an absolute legend mm. but at the moment fans see it as there's a lot of talk but we're 12th in league two yeah. And that's a really harsh analysis of him. He has grown the team. He's he's shaken off the sort of negativity that was surrounding the club. He's got the dressing room happy. The dressing room are fully on his side. Um, everyone knows where they stand with him, mm. that's, which I think is good. And as a club, having that sort of figurehead that you come into the team, you know exactly what is expected of you. I like the fact that he doesn't, he's not the sort of manager that, I I don't think he plays mind games. I don't think he, he says it how it is. And I I think that's what was needed. Um, His tinkering does, does frustrate fans because like, like you said, if you sort of win, you have a couple of good games and then he'll make a couple of changes and you think, what are you making changes for? We were on a good run. <laughs> this season, there's been times where he's completely gone, oh, I got the system wrong. And yeah, he got it wrong, but he's admitted it. And I don't think you can dislike that. Yeah, that's absolutely Yeah, I mean, our manager has been doing a lot of blaming the referee this this season and that does not sit well with fans at all anyone always wants you need to hold your hands up sometimes and say it's it's your fault and Daryl was so good at that and that is why he won so many fans over but hey where do you realistically think that Daryl would take sorry go on yeah there's been times where there was one game where there was a really bad decision where 
one of our players was brought down in the box and it was clear to see everyone was fuming about it on Twitter and after the game you, you don't want the, the managers to blame the refs but there's times where you kind of want them to acknowledge it and it was just a simple I can't say what I'm thinking and you're like good that's what we want to hear yeah yeah he is very very good at that and uh, he will call people out um like you know if he feels that he's been mistreated you'll do it very subtly which I quite liked yeah. about him um so like where do you realistically think that Daryl will take you this season taking the last 10 games into account and how you've played are you hoping for playoffs minimum or mid-table start of the season I'd said that I think we'd finish seventh I think we'll just sneak into the playoffs and I think we're not far off that we're not far off that in terms of how well we've done. We've picked up draws against um, Colchester and Exeter, who both were in the playoffs last season. And we've also picked up a couple of wins along the way. The one on Tuesday against Crawley was a big win. Um, we're, we're difficult to beat, which is a good sign, but we just need to make sure that we're also good enough to win. Um which at times has been lacking. Um, we've got, obviously, we've got the, the, the cup games, as everyone has, playing on Tuesday against Oxford in the trophy. So it's it's a good couple of games to test the team. We're playing two League One clubs. Um, and then we've got Southend, who are in complete free fall. So I think that if we lose to two League One clubs, no one's going to turn around and go, oh, that's ridiculous, why have we not had an FA Cup run? It's understandable. Mm-hmm. But then we'd need to follow it up with a, a win against Southend. And I think if we can get that win, we can get some goals under us, get the sort of attack flow in, then I think it will set us up for, for a better sort of next 10 games. Yeah, I know a lot of people say 10 games like is sort of the base for how you start to judge a manager. Um, I personally think that it is maybe still a bit early um, and there's still plenty of time for improvement for, for any yeah. side and any manager at the moment. And uh, yeah, with Daryl, once he gets his start at 11, finally, <laughs> he might start to improve. Yeah. But at the moment, he's obviously still trying to work it out, which is, which is fine, but also equally as, as frustrating. Um, with them... With, um... I think these first 10 games are very difficult because a couple of injuries, this is with any club, a couple of injuries with how it's been Saturday, Tuesday, it's relentless. Mm -hmm. I think later on in the season when clubs aren't in cup commitments, um, when the kind of fixture list is back to Saturday, Saturday with the odd Tuesday in, that's when you can really, really see how the manager is and how the team do. This, I think it's... At the moment, I think it's a, not a false league, but I think there'll be a lot of changes in the divisions in the next 10 games because it's yeah. been so thick and fast. And especially, I mean, I don't really know about League One, but in League Two, there's been teams go off with coronavirus. There's been players missing through coronavirus. There's been matches not played. And you sort of, it's still in that phase where it feels like the league's still getting going. Yeah. Yeah, certainly not no- normal circumstances. So you do no. have to give the benefit of the doubt. Um, I know that's really difficult to get fans to do that because they're yeah. very fickle and they'll be quick to jump on. But hey, we'll see what happens. Yeah, definitely a few more games needed for every club 
um, I would say, and especially with, with our club as well, with Ben Garner, I do think he needs just a little bit more time, but uh, our fans are, are losing their patience very quickly. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Saturday then, before we go on to score predictions, we've got yeah. to mention uh, the Turkish Messi, uh, Oscar, uh, yes. uh, who you guys rate very, very highly. And a lot yeah. of uh, a lot of gas heads said when he signed, they remember watching him at Walsall. He was definitely very impressive. Um, talk to me about, about what, what you think of him. He hasn't played much since signing at the moment but I'm hoping to see more of him it's it we we love him he was fantastic for us and for a couple of seasons kept us a, a mid-table and like away from any sort of um relegation fears he he was our top scorer in his two seasons um which as a midfielder is concerning but yeah. also very good he's He's got such an ability on the ball. Um, he's very, he's a very small player, which you'll have seen from the tiny, game. <laughs> tiny. But he's got such a, a good balance and agility that he just he just takes the ball and it's glued to his feet. And on his day, he's he's a fantastic player. Um, it's a, I really feel for him that his move up into the championship didn't work um, we all kind of wanted him to do well because he's such a good player but I think he made a bad decision with the club he went to I don't think he was ever a Bolton signing um, I think I think he'll do well in League One he just needs time to play again uh, yeah. and to kind of get that back into the swing of things um, but yeah I'll, I'll if he plays, I'll be very sad to see him in a in an opposition shirt. Well, that that's nice for us to hear. He's got actually quite a bit of competition because he's basically up against Nicholson and McCormick, who are sort of play similar positions to him, and they're both they've both started really really well in, in this season. So uh, I can at the moment actually see where he's going to slot in, but. It's a nice dilemma to have, but yeah. I really want to see him play because you guys big him up so much. Other teams have bigged him up. At like It would be amazing to see him, but um, I can't see him starting on Saturday. He may come on a sub second half. Um, yeah. But yeah, we'll see. It's difficult when there's competition for places. Um, so looking ahead to Saturday then, uh, one league apart from each other, but sometimes that just becomes irrelevant with the magic yeah. of the FA Cup. Uh, so what are your predictions for Saturday? Um, I think there'll be goals. I think both teams look like they can score, but then both teams also look like they can concede. So I expect there to be goals. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be too surprised if it was another sort of two-two draw. Um, I'd, I'd like to think we can win. I think we've got enough quality in the team that if we, if everyone's playing well, we can give a team a league above a go. Um, they'll be fired up. They'll, they'll know exactly what Daryl wants from them. Mm -hmm. um, it's a shame that Clark won't be playing um, because, again, you sort of you get the feeling that he would absolutely bust the gut to not have Rovers score against him in defence. I think, I think it's going to be quite fast-paced. We play with wingers. With your formation, with the wing-backs going forward, it's... I think it could be played out wide um, a lot. We look better when we kind of go down the wings and then cut it in. So yeah, I think it's I think it's going to be a close game. I'd like to think that we can give 
you a real run for your money. And I'm going to go with 2-1. Two, 2-1 one. Two, one win? Yeah. Mm, interesting okay um well to be honest i think you've nailed it i do think it would be a, a very it'd be a bit of a, a goal fest i don't think it would be a dry game at all um and i do think daryl clark is going to be wanting to seek revenge uh on his former club that sacked him so uh i certainly think you'll score however i'm going to go the opposite way uh i'm going to have faith in our front two hanlon and daly and i'm going to say a 2-1 winter rovers so yeah. watch it be a nil-nil <laughs> like we said earlier nil-nil. knowing that there's no replays at stake that it will just go on mm. which yeah. um, it's really weird it's the FA Cup no replays yeah. I it's what we're saying about these uh, like unfamiliar circumstances really isn't it it is a bit of a strange strange season but um hopefully the magic of the FA Cup will stay magic uh, yeah. not, too, not too magic that uh, we lose to a League Two side <laughs> um, <laughs> but thank you so much for your time Rob it's been That's great right. talking Thanks to you yeah, and getting an insight on, uh, on Daryl Clark's side of also. Um, we're always looking out for his results, so it's great to hear uh, that he's doing okay. Uh, thanks to you, Gasheads, for listening. Please like, subscribe, and comment on all Gascast social media platforms. And a shout-out to Vital Warsaw, which is Rob's, I want to say, podcast? Page on Twitter. Page on, on Twitter. Website. Yeah. <laughs> Thing. <laughs> if you could uh, check that check that out um yours truly has been a guest on there talking all things gas as well so all that's left for me to say is up the gas <laughs> <laughs>